0: Hello, this is David J. Singleton, your professor for this course. (laughs) What I will do first is go through the syllabus for the purpose of making things clear and then on to our lecture for this session. This will be part one of a six-part lesson. The program is Associates in Christian Ministry. My mailing address is P.O. Box 30168, Rochester, New York, 14603. My email address is Global Assignment. That's G-L-O-B-A-L-A-S-S-I-G-N-M-E-N-T at yahoo.com. My office number, 585-262-6420. And my cell phone, 585 You can retrieve these lectures at singleton.podbean.com. That I N G. L E T O N dot P O D B E A N dot com. This is the associate course syllabus. The course name is A one zero nine hyphen B one one two Missiology. The sessions will be classroom and electronic. The course name is Missiology. Paraphrased: church planting. The course description. Insight into starting a church from the ground up. Essential components for establishing a New Testament church plant. An introduction to classroom and an online approach to high quality local and distant learning. The course emphasis. The emphasis of this course is founded in the Great Commission of Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 that we have all been commissioned to go, teach, and baptize in the authority of Jesus' name, with the assurance of his abiding presence, also that prayer and reliance on the Holy Spirit is essential and cannot be substituted. Required Course Materials, the Christian Ministry Handbook published by United Christian Ministry Institute. A New King James Version or Comparable Version Bible Only. Planting Growing Churches for the 21st Century by Aubrey Malfurs. Now that book we will be referring to as PGC, Planting Growing Churches. And then you will need access to a computer with an internet connection. The course objectives. At the end of this course, you will be able to, number one, list and identify specific requirements for establishing a New Testament church plant. Number two, communicate. The initial steps to make this an indigenous New Testament church. And number three, to identify legal requirements for establishing a church in New York State and having it recognized by the federal government through the Internal Revenue Service process. Our methodology for the course is reading, lectures, handouts, quizzes, discussions, online assignments, emails, illustrations, and then a final exam. The course requirements. The students are required to meet with me, your professor, and we will have our initial class together. Many of the classes you will go online and listen to my lectures at singleton.podbean.com. Now Tuesday, April 23rd, we'll be meeting at class. The lecture will be electronic and your first assignment will be given. Our next class will be an electronic lecture and there will be no class. You will not report to the class. The following one, Tuesday, April 30th, we will be meeting at class again. Um, Your first assignment will be due at that time. Your second assignment will be given to you at that time. And the lecture will be electronic. For your fourth one, Your assignment, number one, I will return to you by mail. There will be no class. And your fifth one, your second assignment will be due. You can email it or U.S. Postal Mail, and it should be postmarked by May 7th if you choose to mail it. There will be no class, and all the lectures will be electronic. Your sixth class uh, session will be electronic lecture as well. There will be no actual class. And then for our seventh session, that's when we will meet again on Tuesday, May 14th at class. That's also when you will take your final exam. So we have three scheduled times to meet. One is Tuesday, April 23rd. The other is April 30th, and the last one is May 14th, Tuesday, May 14th. All of these will start at 6 p.m. Student participation is worth 20 points. I'm available to all students for questions by email at globalassignment at yahoo.com or by phone at 585 585 five zero nine zero four five five. Students are invited, welcome and expected to connect with me by email at any time as part of your participation credit. Calls can be made only between the hours of nine AM and seven PM Monday through Saturday. If there is no answer, leave a clear voice message and a number for a return call. At least two connections with me by phone are required during the course. Written assignments. Written assignments completed according to my directions will ensure full credit on the project. If you are unclear about any assignment it is your responsibility to connect with me get clarity and do the project according to the instructions given writing requires work discipline understanding thinking research and the analysis of information please mail all written assignments to Dr. David J. Singleton, P.O. Box 30168, Rochester, New York, 14603. Assignments handed in late may lose 50% of the possible credit. Written assignments may total as much as 30% Uh, uh, possible grades or points toward your final grade. It must include a cover sheet, the professor's name, student's name, assignment number, course name, and date. It must be word processed or typed in a 12 point Times New Roman or equivalent font. Double spaced with proper format. Submitted on time or before the due date. It must have references properly cited. Final exam may total as much as 50 possible points toward your overall grade. An exam will be given May 14th consisting of 50 questions pre-approved through RCTBS board. The purpose of the exam is to demonstrate the student's ability to grasp new material and the professor's ability to convey the materials effectively. Evaluation. This form is designed to access in key areas that is ease of finding the site, the electronic environment, clarity, cohesion of the lessons, sound quality, ease of navigating the site, interaction with the professor, presentation, and expertise. The purpose of this evaluation is to help the professor and Rochester Center of Theological and Biblical Studies maximize in the areas noted. Therefore, you are asked to give attention to these areas as you progress through the course. Through this means, RCTBS invites and provides our student body with an excellent opportunity to honestly share their written opinions. Names on the evaluations are optional but welcomed. We invite your comments therefore additional space is provided. Course evaluations are to be completed only after the final exam and before leaving the exam site. This institution stands strong for integrity We believe students should demonstrate integrity in completing the evaluation forms. Now let's look at the uh, grading procedure. Total score earned in these three areas will equal your GPA for the course. Class participation credit 20% plus class assignment credit 30% 30% and then our final exam credit 50% for a total of a 100% of your grade. Now 96 to 100 is an A plus or a 4.0. 90 to 95 is an A or a 3.7. 85 to 89 is a B plus or a 3.5. 84 to 80 is a B or a 3.0. 75 to 79 is a C plus or a 2.5. 74 to 70 is a C or a 2.0. 65 to 69 is a D plus or a 1.5. 64 to 60 is a D or a 1.0 and then 0 to 59 is an F for a 0 grade point average. For well, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians 4:13. So I appeal to each of my students to remember that passage applies to you even when it comes to your exam. You can do all things through Christ and he will strengthen you mentally, intellectually at that time, and I trust that your faith will not fail you, and you will communicate well on your exam the things you have acquired in this course. At the completion of all classes, a student's performance is averaged, and the student is assigned a grade as well as a grade point average, and this information is forwarded to the RCTB class registrar for permanent documentation. In June and prior to graduation, a cumulative grade is determined which will identify ranking. All grades must be turned into the office of the registrar no later than two weeks after the ending of the class. Using the grade report form, Supplied to the instructor by the class registrar, an example of the form is as follows. It will include the name, first and last, the course, and whatever the course assignments were. That's final exam, attendance, and course assignments. It will include a letter grade. This is cumulative. What was your total letter grade and what was your total GPA for the class. Upon completion of all courses the determination of rank and honor status is based on the following honor standings summa cum laude 4.0 to a 3.90 total grade point average for all classes completed magna cum laude, 3 8.9 to a three. total grade point average for all classes completed and summa cum laude 6.9 to a 3.5 total grade point average for all classes completed. All transcript requests are $10. The transcript request form will be available on file in the RCTBS office and each request must be signed off by the Finance Department to ensure that payment has been made. All inquiries relating to the Registrar's Office are to be addressed to Professor Lilia Johnson, Registrar, via the following email address RCTBSLIL. At a-O-L dot com. That's RCTBSLil at AOL. dot com. At this time, we're going right into our lecture. I'm going to ask you as we go through that you will listen because at the end of the lecture, I will ask some questions, the answers of which will be contained in the previous pages that we have just gone through and so this is missiology church planting missiology by definition the theological study of the mission of the church especially the character and purpose of missionary work as stated in your syllabus this course is about church planting our intention is to provide a basis and a philosophy. The primary goal of Christian missions in this study is to establish a New Testament church. Church planting by definition. Church planting has been defined as an exhausting but exciting venture of faith that involves the planned process of beginning and growing new local churches based on Jesus' promise and in obedience to his great commission. Now we have received a personal directive from our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ himself, in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20, where he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. This passage and counsel of scripture can only be fulfilled through the local church. The new converts must be baptized, trained, and nurtured. This ministry aim must also be extended to their children. Persons must be taught and trained to evangelize and eventually to start new churches themselves. Now, this kind of goes against the grain for many because many say, well, you. Can't just have everybody planting churches. Well, I just believe that God, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, knows who to raise up to plant a church. No, everybody isn't a church planter per se, but I do believe that we can all be a part of the church that's being planted or the church that has been planted and grow right where we are, helping with the kingdom assignment given to that church when it comes to teaching training and planting of a new local church there is no substitute a local church must be planted there's nothing that will take the place of the local church in fact it's been said by some quite renowned in our country that the local church is the hope of the world under Christ Jesus. Now, here are some questions that we will entertain as we go through the lesson. Number 1, what type of church should be planted? Number 2, what should or, or who should plant the church or churches? Number 3, where should they be planted? Number 4, when should they be planted? And number five, how should they be planted? Let's deal with the first one. What type of church should be planted? Our model for the church, we will establish and we find in the book of Acts and the epistles. And so we call it a New Testament church. After the apostle Paul preached to the Jews and Gentiles in a city, the converts were brought together in a central place, commonly a believer's home or a public building, which might have included a school or a synagogue. During these gatherings with new believers, this would be a time of worship and instruction in doctrine and conduct. From among those in regular attendance, leaders were chosen, that is, elders and deacons. These newly appointed leaders would provide leadership to persons in the surrounding area. Paul established a church in Thessalonica in a few weeks. After being in Ephesus about two years, he established a church there as well. These churches could govern themselves, finance their own expenses, and extended the gospel throughout the region. What then, you might ask, is a church? A church, or a New Testament church, is a group of people the Bible calls the body of Christ, who have turned away from sin and place their full trust in the saving power of Jesus Christ. They have been baptized and meet regularly as a group. They pray together, worship together, and study the scriptures together for the glory of our God. Together they advance his kingdom on earth. Therefore, the type of church we will plant is one that is A, self-governing, B, self-supporting, and C, self-propagating, commonly referred to as an indigenous church. First, the indigenous church administers its own affairs under the lordship of Christ. Second, it administers its receives its support from, it, from its members. Third, it begins other new churches. This indigenous church must be able to live out its life, including its Christian activity in the culture patterns of the local society in a God-honoring way. The new church must have the flexibility to work within the parameters of the culture it is in. Question two. Who should plant the church? Let's look at our definition of church planter. The church planter is generally applied to a professional missionary who establishes churches. And for many years... This is how we would consider a church planter. Before the course that we are engaged in, a church planter additionally, not only is they, are they professional missionaries, but inclusive, there are persons who may be businessmen, teachers, and all those who are called by God. They may not be what we call a professional missionary, but they are people who have a call of God on their lives, who can pioneer a work. You don't need to be ordained. The church planter does not become the pastor, the pastor, elders, and deacons will be raised up by the Holy Spirit and trained by the planter. God uses the weak and foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Essentials for Planting a Church In Psalms 127, the word of the Lord speaks to us and says, Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. Absolute dependence upon the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit is essential. A foundation of prayer must be laid with lots of prayer. It's been said, you can never pray too much, but you can certainly Pray too little. I submit that the greater moves of God comes on the heels of prayer. Through prayer, one receives inspiration. The light comes on, so they receive illumination. And there's an empowering, so they receive empowerment, whereby we see the Lord open the doors. He makes a way where there was no way. And opens hearts to receive the truth and saves to the utmost, helping us engage victoriously in this church planting undertaking. You know, when I look at the church, I conclude that the church is God's idea. And so if it's God's idea, God knows how to do it. I share some time that uh, God loves growing churches. When I make this statement, some will interpret that as, God loves to look on a church that's growing, and I say, it is so. Notwithstanding, my statement is, God likes to be the one who grows the church. So if God's going to be the one who grows the church, then you, the planter, must seek God in prayer must get the counsel of God on how to navigate the course of planting this self-governing, self-supporting, self-propagating work that he has called you to do. You see, he makes the way where there is none. And it is foolish to think that we can plant a church In our power, regardless of the number of people we know, how well we are liked, how many church strategy classes and workshops we've attended, how well we feel we know the Bible and we may be able to quote scripture after scripture. We may have grown up in the church and now having some 10 years, 20 years, 30 years or more in the church feel like we can do it. I submit to you today that it's not based on any of those things alone. We must have the Holy Spirit's guidance if we are going to do this work. Correct strategy is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it is walked out in his power. In other words, from the books you've read The workshops you may have attended or the things you've heard and or learned, they may have worked well where they worked. But that doesn't mean it will work well where you are or the work God has called you to. And so total reliance and dependence upon the Holy Spirit is critical. Therefore, the church planter should ask to be filled to overflowing With the Holy Spirit. An additional reason we need the Holy Spirit is because He has gifts for the work, gifts that we need as we're planning to embark upon this noble and God honoring task. He has gifts that go beyond our natural abilities, which can only have come from above. After the church is planted, Then the new believers should also experience the operation and utilization of these gifts. Therefore, the church planter must encourage the new converts and new believers to begin to uh, discover the gifts that God has in their lives. The planter comes to be responsible in a measure to helping them in this process. There in First Corinthians, the scripture teaches that, uh, in verse 12, it teaches about many of these gifts. And I won't take the time to read that right now. Perhaps we'll touch on it a bit later, but there in 1 Corinthians 12, you can find it. The gospel seed. God speaking in Isaiah 55:11 declares about the power of his word. Says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. One of the most wonderful opportunities of the church planter is that glorious experience to sow daily the good seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ nothing takes the place of being able to sow seeds of the gospel now the word of God speaks to us and declares that he that gaineth souls is wise it tells us further He that will have friends must show himself friendly. And as we look at the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he walked among men, we find that he did just that. He walked among men. He got out among the people. And so as a church planter, it is our part to do likewise. We must get out among the people. It says, for the Apostle Paul declares in Romans 1.16, and this is just a part of the verse, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth." The planter, therefore, must understand that the word of God, the gospel, is the power of whereby one is saved the word we are not to be ashamed of we this word is not a weak or watered down word this is a living word because it is inspired by the holy spirit as he moved upon men there in John 6:63 6, the lord jesus talking and he says my word is spirit and life. So I'm submitting that God's word is spirit life and you and I are blessed to be able to share God's word with any and with all. The work of the Holy Spirit or or the work of the word and the Holy Spirit in the hearer gradually begins to change the hearer as he or she identifies themselves as sinners for whom Christ died. You see, as you continue to share, and, and this is something, dear church planter, that you need to know and hold a fast to. When it comes to lives being changed, it's a work that God has to do and we have to trust God enough that through the agency of the Holy Spirit, through his wisdom, his grace, the grace of God, the power and plan of God, he will cause hearers to receive the word into their lives whereby they will be changed. Sometime men are kind of caught because they feel they're not seeing the change quick enough. It seems like if there was really a change going on, people would do differently. I submit to you that there is an inward change before there is an outward manifestation. In other words, there is something happening inside that you cannot see that moves towards something that will happen outside that you can see. And so you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ must trust that God through the agency of the Holy Spirit is doing as the scripture tells us in Isaiah 55.11. He is causing that word to prosper in the thing that he sent it to. It is so. You, You just have to have that kind of conviction that God's doing it where you can rest easy, lest you be stressed out because things aren't showing up quite like you thought they would. When you are assured that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to work through the lives of people, he's first off going to work in you and through you unto others, he then will draw them unto himself. And your part, dear church planter, or potential church planter, is to be a conduit whereby the love, the word, and the power of God is seen on a consistent basis in your life. Unbelievers, as they or if I would have this liberty, I'd like to call them pre Christians. You know when you sometime when you're engaging and you're talking with people and you call them unbelievers, it's it's kind of putting them in a negative light. And and I think we do that quite Frequently, in the church, perhaps very unintending, uh, but I say if a person gets hit in the head with a rock by accident because somebody was just throwing and they weren't aiming at them, but they hit them in the head, it'll put a knot on their head as big as any rock that's thrown with intention, as it were, if it hits with the same kind of impact that has the same kind of velocity to it. So when it comes to the church, we may be unintending, but we still make the same kind of impact as if almost we were intending, except that the person can, you know, resolve that, well, this was a mistake. That That's the only difference. So they may be able to forgive you, but the injury still is the same. And um, as you share the word through the power of the Holy Spirit, then gradually... Life starts changing. There's this witness on the inside. There's this stirring on the inside. Unbelievers or pre Christians must understand that something about the nature and consequence of sin. So as you share, We cannot afford to share with the mindset or the thought process that, um, listen, God is just all love and, you know, he's warm and fuzzy and all of that. Yes, that is so. He's every bit of that and more. While at the very same time, we want these potential converts, we want these new believers to understand there is a consequence to sin. There is a consequence to sin. And so, though we're trying to gain them, if we want to see the blessings of God in the process, then we must give them the whole counsel of God at their level of comprehension. And this is one of the places where you will need the wisdom of God to know something about the people that you are called to. The people you will be ministering to. The people you are reaching out to. You see, it is important that we use scripture readily as we move in this church planting. We have to base everything on the word rather than what you think or I think or someone else thinks. Reason is everybody has an opinion And what makes yours any more valuable than theirs? Well, when we resolve that the word of God is the final authority on all things, whether we fully understand it or not, it is the authority, then that takes away the groundwork for your word versus my word. It now hinges and rests on the word of the living God. You see... The use of scripture as a church planning tool is much better than intellect or topical sermon. In fact, someone said some time ago, they would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. They would rather someone live out the word they were talking rather than talking so much and not walking it out. There is a power in the Word of God. There is a power in the Word to transform lives. There is a power in the Word. You see, the Word of God is not only to inform us, but it's also to form us. It's designed to change us that we conform to the image of Christ. And this must be the objective of the church planter to see lives change and conform to the image of Christ. Now, one of the very effective presentations of seed planting is called the chronological approach. Now, in this chronological approach, this is where uh, there's surveys of, of selected events and passages of the Old Testament and one kind of walks through that. Now some say Bible stories and I guess they're at liberty, well of course they're at liberty to say that. I choose not to use the word stories. For many it sounds almost like fairy tales. I would rather put it in the package of biblical events or biblical accounts and some of these uh, accounts or events might be creation. When we look at the Old Testament passages, it might include creation, the fall of man, the biblical account of Cain and Abel when the two brothers were in the garden and the one brother slew the other brother out of a jealousy of sorts and, 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 God still received from the brother who was slain because the heart issue was right. And it's through some of these uh, uh, selected passages and others that God can help you, the church planter, to communicate truths about the sovereign of the ages in a package that unregenerated or pre-Christian folk can better understand something about God. You know further one can go on and talk about that acceptable sacrifice and talk about Abraham and how he was and is considered the father of faith or Isaac and on and on we can go through the text. Well we're getting close to uh, the conclusion of our time here in this particular particular uh, lecture but we will pick it up again as we talk about the good seed, that gospel seed, that seed that produces and accomplishes according to the plan of God as we read there in Isaiah fifty-five eleven. Stay tuned for part two.